up, y'all? Welcome to the kickoff of Dear Christian Black Girl. Hello, 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 everybody. Takesha, what's up, boo? Hey, boo. I'm so excited to be here tonight. The kickoff. Yes, this is this is pretty, pretty exciting. It is. It is. It is. So we're going to start off with some introductions because we know that not everybody may know who we are, may follow us or that type of thing. So we're just going to introduce ourselves real quick and then we are going to get it popping. So for those of y'all that don't know, I am Jerry Alicia. I am a wife. I am a future mom. I am an author. I'm a speaker. I'm a graphic designer. Y'all, I do a lot. Just Let's just say that. I do a lot. Uh, I am the founder and the visionary of Woo Prep, which is a faith-based infertility support group. Um, I'm also a certified coach and mentor for women dealing with infertility. Uh, Takisha, what else do I do? I don't, I don't know. I feel like I missed something. I don't know. All the things. Yeah, I just do all <laughs> the things, y'all. Hey, y'all. So, Takisha, can you tell the people who you are? Absolutely. But let me pause just for a second before I do my introduction. And I just want to uh, pray in the room. Um, Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this place. We thank you for this opportunity uh, to have conversations with your daughters, Lord. And we pray, oh God, that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord. Our goal, no matter what, is to be pleasing to you, Father. Our goal is that these conversations bring light to your glory, that they bring light to who you are, and that they help us to stand firm and stand strong in who you have called us to be. And so, Father, we decrease and we ask that you increase. We pray, God, that you would remove every bit of sin from our hearts, from our minds, even from our motives, God, and wash us in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just give this room to you and we say, have your way. Thank you for this amazing day that you brought us through. Thank you, God, for allowing us to partner with you in this day. And thank you, God, for the beautiful daughters that you brought to have these conversations. And so, Lord, we, we give you all the praise in the mud of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. And so I am Takesha. Listen, I like to consider myself your cousin you didn't know you had. And so um, I get the opportunity by day. I work in the uh, finance industry. Um, I'm also a wife. I have been married to my amazing husband, Chris. It will be 17 years in just two months. Um, We have five amazing children. Y'all, I'm a grandmother. Just just rock with me here. I have grand children. I have three, six, eight, no, three, six, eight. I have eight grandchildren. <laughs> eight. <laughs> Say it with the me. The fact that you don't know. One, two, I had, listen, I had to count them by kid, right? I have to count them by oh kid. My God. So we have three young adult children, like they adults, adults, right? So, you know, we have grandchildren. And so um, I love, love, love being able to do that. And um, what I get to to do that I absolutely love is I get to coach women and wives um, in the areas of identity, their wifehood, and also goals, understanding that God has put us in this earth to accomplish some things. And I love being able uh, to walk alongside of women and partner with them to help them to go from goals to done. And um, I love it. I absolutely love it. And so I'm grateful to be here today. Uh, Many of you know that I host a room here on Clubhouse every day, Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
where we pray every single morning. We share testimonies in the word of God, um, and it has been pretty powerful. We've been doing that since March. And so um, if nothing else, I love being able to partner with the women of God. So here we are. So can we just talk about your prayer room real quick? Because I know we were talking about this the other day. But your prayer room is kind of lit because it goes from <laughs> prayer to prophecy to makeup tips to family reunions <laughs> back to prayer and prophecy all in the two-hour span. And we just be like, okay, what's, what's happening? I don't know what's going on. But I love your prayer room because it's not the typical prayer room. But it's absolutely necessary. Like, for real, for real. I absolutely love it. I look forward to it every day to uh, getting on your prayer room. Because you just never know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to be crying. You don't know if you're going to (laughs) be laughing. You don't know if you're going to be praying out loud. You just don't know. And I love it. Amen. This is what I love about it is because uh, God is restoring us not only to himself, uh, but to one another. I understand how important uh, sisterhood is. And I like in my prayer room um, or the prayer room that God has blessed me with uh, to being at my house, right? Like, you know, y'all know, let me know in the comments if this is you, right? And I actually was talking to Elder Cheryl a little bit about this. Like when you have your girlfriends over and y'all are there, y'all are talking, y'all laughing and then the conversation shifts because somebody asks a question right so what do you think about this have you ever experienced that and then before you know it the conversation right uh takes a bit of a turn and you begin to get to the heart of the matter and that's what i love about uh, my prayer room that i host is the fact that we get to have real sisterhood conversations we get to pray for and with each other we get to glorify our god we get to be strengthened one to another because i understand right that we don't have everything we need within ourselves but god has positioned us together to be strengthened and so that's what i love about it you know we could go from prayer to testimony and then before we know it i'm like hey what do you use on your eyebrows sis because they look good right and but that's just the that's just the nature of sisterhood And so what I appreciate about Jerry's genius with this room is because it's almost like we are all having conversations in our head, but we never have those conversations together. And I believe that we are more alike than we are different. I believe that we have so much more in common, like Tashina and I got to have a quick conversation this afternoon and just talking. We're like, yo, you have what I need. I got what you need. Like, let's make this thing happen. And so their Christian black girl is just that opportunity for us to come together and say, hey, what's on your mind? Let's talk about this thing. Yeah, I love it. But can I say that now that you said that you had a conversation with Sashina, I'm jealous now, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> we talked about you too. Focus. We talked about you too. Just focus. Just focus. But anyway, <laughs> yes, but I I love how God literally just dropped Dear Christian Black Girl in our laps because y'all, this originally was just supposed to be one reel for women with infertility. But when I said it out loud, I was in a conversation with Takesha and I said it out loud she was like oh that's it right there then I was like yeah that is kind of it you're right and so this is literally just going to be a girlfriend a sisterhood conversation um if you know anything about me I'm very informal 
I believe that you can get your point across without being too deep all the time. And so for me, you're, you're not going to get a whole bunch of deepness unless the Lord just leads us down that road, which he might, he probably will because it happens. Uh, but generally, I'm just real informal, real goofy, that type of thing. But y'all, tonight we wanted to talk about you belong here. Uh, so many times as women, and especially as black women, sometimes we don't feel like we belong. Uh, Takesha, can you relate to that? Let's just let's just get into it. So listen, I can absolutely relate to that. And y'all let us know in the comments if, if you have ever experienced this as well, right? Um, because we understand that as black women, we have unique experiences, right? We have very unique experiences in our day-to-day -day life from simple things of how we style our hair to how we raise our family. Other things, and when you see one person running, we all out, right? We have unique experiences that, I don't want to say separate us from the world, but it differentiates us from the rest of the world. And oftentimes, these things have been made um, to be weaponized against us. And so what we want to be talking, what we're going to be talking about tonight is the fact that you belong here. I have had many experiences where I just did not feel like I belonged anywhere. And so taking up space, um, standing as an authority um, and what God has called you to do, whether it's in your home or in the workplace or in your business or even in your friendships, we often as Black women find ourselves shrinking back. And But what I want you to take away tonight is that one of the definitions, and so that's what you may get from me in this room. I love words. I love definitions because when we begin to break down a thing, right, when you begin to look at the meaning of a word that seems so common, it kind of brings a different level of revelation. And so one of the meanings of the word belong is to be rightly placed, Ooh. to be rightly placed. And a synonym of belong is fellowship. And so tonight, what I want you to understand is that you have been rightly placed. God did not start, start any day since you were born without you. How do we know that? You're still here, right? And so you are rightly placed. You are rightly placed. You belong here. And as Black women, not isolating ourselves from anyone, but we belong in fellowship with each other. I'll turn it over to you, Cherry. Well, okay then. I love it. And I got a question because in order for you to even feel like you belong, you first have to know who and whose you are. Because if you don't know who you are, you don't know who you belong to, mm. you're not going to belong. You're not going to feel like you belong. You're going to always feel like you're out of place. So that's the question on the table night, on the table tonight. Who are you and who do you belong to? Um, so I, I can, I can tell you who I am. I am, of course, I gave you all the titles, all the things that I do, but above all that, I'm a daughter of the most high King. I belong oh, to God, um, above, above everything that I do above all the accomplishments, above all the influencing, above all of that. At the end of the day, 
I'm really just a daughter of God. And I don't say just to, to minimize it. I say just because that encompasses literally everything. Being a daughter of God means that I can do whatever it is that God has called me to do. But that's the question on tonight. Who are you? Because if you don't know who you are, if your identity is not rooted in Christ, you're not going to ever feel like you belong. How do I know that? Because I've spent most of my life feeling out of place. Um, I'm a preacher's kid. I'm an 80s baby. Um, I went to private school all but two years of my life. I went to a private Christian school all but two years of my life. And as far back as I can remember, I never felt like I fit in. Now, now, because I know who I am, I know that that was on purpose by God to not fit in. But back then, I was like, why do I feel so different? Why don't I feel like I fit in with this friend group or that friend group? I don't feel like I fit in at church. I don't feel like I fit in at school. Like, it was, a, I, like, had a whole identity crisis for most of my life. And so when I say, who are you, you have to know who you are because who you are would let you know where you belong. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, throw the ball back to you, Takesha. We go pause right there with that. Okay. So listen, let, let us know in the comments if you're rocking with us, if this conversation is a conversation that you want to have is belonging a conversation um, that is important to you, right? Let us know in the comments. Um, as you all know, one thing that I definitely know is that lives can be transformed in the matter of a conversation. So sure. listen, join us in this conversation. So one of the topics that I absolutely love talking about is identity. I love talking about identity. It is the thing that sets you apart from any other thing that has ever existed. Sure, you may have similar characteristics. Somebody may see you in, you know, Egypt and say, oh my gosh, you look like my cousin. Has anybody experienced that before? <laughs> you are miles away from any place you've ever been. But somebody says, I know you, you remind me of somebody, you look like this person or that person. But what identity, um, what I'm coming to understand it um, as at the root is who do you belong to? And I know oftentimes it's as women, especially when somebody asks us to identify them ourselves, right? They often say, well, tell me about yourself right? Tell me about yourself. And we begin to say, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, right? You heard it in the introductions that Jerry and I gave. Why? Because it's very easy to lead with what I can do for you, right? It is very easy to lead with what I can do for you. But when we begin to break this thing down so that we understand where we belong, when we begin to break this thing down and understand that God himself says he knew everything about us before one of our days came to be, and that he not only knew us, but he predestined us, meaning that he gave us a hope in a future before any of our days um, became anything, we will understand that who we are and how we identify has nothing to do with anything external, but it has everything to do who we, with who we were created by and who we were created for. And understanding that means that nobody can take that away from you. If you don't believe me, if you look in the Bible, the Bible tells us that nobody can snatch us out of the hand of God, that nothing, not life, not death, no powers, no principalities, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so when we think about our identity, it has to be that intangible thing that nobody could ever take away from us. Sure. Are the accolades great? The titles great? Cow, yes. Baby, there are some titles we worked hard for. 
Yes, fear of missing out. There are some titles we worked hard for, baby. You done, you done studied. You got that degree, that certificate. You done elevated on your job. You have become a better mom, a better wife. There are some things that we have worked hard for. But when we think about our sense of belonging, sometimes, like Elder Cheryl said, we have this fear of missing out because what happens when that title no longer serves us? Like what happens when we're not the CEO anymore? What happens when we not, we're not our husband's wife because of whatever? What happens when our children don't need us in the capacity that they do? What happens, right, when you're no longer the pretty girl with the long hair? What happens when those external identifiers change? What we want you to know is that even when those external identifiers change, you still belong here because your identity is rooted in Christ, not anything external, not anything that can be taken away or changed in any form or fashion. That's good. That's good. Like we have to know who we are um, outside of all of the titles, because if we don't, then that, that allows the enemy a doorway to tell us who we are, to tell us what we should like to tell us how we should look to tell us all of these things and yeah th that was never the uh, plan for, from god uh, the the plan was to always know who we are and that brings brings me to my second point um after you figure out who you are or after the lord reveals who you are let me say it like that after the lord reveals who you are you gotta own your authority because when you know who you are you know where your authority lies um, and so you, you have to definitely own your authority. You have to, you know, get in these rooms or go in these rooms and know exactly what you offer, exactly what you want to receive, and then go forward from there. And so if, if you don't know who you are, there is no way in the world you can own your authority. There's no way you in the world you can own your genius. Like Takesha earlier, uh, earlier when we were coming on she said she loved my genius like i've never heard that but i like it and i own it um in this space and in this capacity because you know it comes from god anyway so there's that right but you have to you have to own your authority in christ when you know who you are when you when you are when you are confident and who god has made you to be owning your authority becomes real easy it becomes yes. easy when your when your confidence is rooted in the right thing. If you're confident in your looks, if you're confident in your job title, all that can fade. Like Takisha said, all that can fade in a matter of seconds, literally. But when you're confident and when, and when it's rooted in Jesus Christ, when it's rooted in faith, when it's rooted in the things of God, then you you can walk in a room and own it very well. Um, I know this because I, I've had to do this. Like I've had to literally give myself a pep talk in the bathroom and then go own a room. Uh, but it's it's it becomes easier the more you understand who you are in Christ. Absolutely. And so with owning it, right? Let me know in the comments. Have you owned your place? Have you owned your place? And what I understand with owning, you know, who God has called you to be, it's going to take probably more key areas, but I'm going to, I'm going to extend to your hearing four key areas that it takes to be able to own who God has called you to be so that you know, without a shadow of a doubt that you belong here, right? It's going to take development, discipleship, mm -hmm. discipline, and decisions. Oh, it's going to take development discipleship, 
discipline and decisions. You are going to have to be developed for the call, right? The Bible is clear, right? God doesn't, you know, call the qualify. He qualifies the call, but you have to be developed in the call, right? We can't just go out here willy nilly, right? Yes, we have gifts, we have talents, we have things that we innately know how to do and we are able to do it well. Like one of the things that I absolutely love that I'm able to do is go from the block to the boardroom. It is something that I always say, but it was because of my upbringing. It was because of the way that I was brought up and the opportunities and things that I was exposed to that allow me to rock in the hood and also lead a boardroom meeting with CEOs and VPs, right? Without out blinking an eye. Like I could literally go from one set to the next in the same hour. But what I understand is that my uh, natural abilities, our natural abilities is only going to take us so far. So we have to be developed for the call, which is going to require us to invest in some areas, to invest in some therapy, invest in some coaching, invest, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, you know, some, some, etiquette classes, whatever it is, it's going to require that you be developed for the call. It's also going to require that we become disciples of the gospel, meaning that if this conversation is to the Christian black girl, right, or the Christian woman, whatever that looks like for you, because This room is titled Dear Christian Black Girl because we have unique experiences, but we aren't excluding anyone, right? Um, Right. But it's going to require that you are discipled, right? It is going to require that we understand how to put off our old nature and walk in a manner that is pleasing to God. The Bible says that he's holy, so we should be holy, right? And that is a perfecting that happens every single day. It is nothing that we accomplish, right? It is nothing that, that we can say we've obtained on our own, but it's going to require that our lives are uh, surrendered intentionally moment by moment to Christ, because I don't know about you, but I often take my life back during the day. God bless you, Elder Cheryl. I often take my life back during the day when I realize that I'm doing my own thing. But what I'm committed to is being discipled by the Lord so that I can be a disciple of the Lord. The third point is discipline. When we talk about owning the place, right? When we talk about owning um, our genius and and belonging here, it's going to take discipline. Jerry, I read a quote recently that said, you won't Mm -hmm. always be motivated, so you need to be disciplined. Oh, that's good. Right? You won't always be motivated, so you need to be disciplined. Because what happens is, by a show of hands, just show me your hands in the comments. How many of you have stopped doing something, whether it was working out, journaling, eating right, you know, being good to your husband, yourself, or your children, whatever good thing, quote unquote, that you started doing, how many of you stopped doing it because you weren't motivated? Let, let me let me go on and raise my hand. Let me let me I mean, raise y'all my can't hand. See me, but my hand is right? most definitely raised. I'm raising my hand in the comments because we weren't motivated. But motivation is only going to take you so far. But consistent discipline is going to motivate you to keep going. It's like if you had to walk from your house to, you know, let's say, I don't know, think of a far point. Uh, Walmart is typically, or Target is typically not like down the street from anybody's house. So imagine you had to walk from your house, right, Melissa, to the Target in your town. If you got halfway there, like you were motivated to start, 
and you know that you needed to get to Target to get whatever it is you needed. Your car broke down. You don't have a car. You don't have a ride or whatever. Motivation may have started, but once you get halfway through, baby, in that three miles and you get to that 1.5 mile mark, you're like, mm, I don't know if I can keep going. You start rethinking some things. You start rethinking some things, but you are, you are in the thick of it now, right? You, you are in the middle of the thing. And so what it's going to have to take is discipline to say, you know what, what I need is forward. What I need is forward. So I have to keep moving forward. And that's where the discipline comes in, where we begin to write goals and set check marks and set boundaries over our time and what we consume so that we can be disciplined in the things that we need to get done. The last point uh, to, to what you were talking about, Jerry, with owning our space and authentically standing and belonging is decisions. Mm-hmm. How many of you made decisions today that you kind of regretted? It didn't have to be a big thing. It could have been a small thing. It could have been the fact that you had that snicker bar after lunch and your head almost hit your keyboard. It could have been the fact that, you know, you know, you <laughs> do you ever have a sugar crash and you're like, oh, I can't do this. Okay. You're like, oh my God. Why? I cannot do this, right? Or maybe that dress. I remember wearing this pretty blue dress to church one day and not realizing <laughs> that when I sat down, baby, all my thighs was hanging out and I did not have the church lady scarf and I kept tugging and pull until I finally just said I just went over to one of the ushers and was like can y'all can I get one of them um them little uh shawls y'all used to wrap people up you know when they you know hit the ground can I get one of them because I had to put it on my legs I immediately <laughs> regretted that decision your girl was cute but my thighs were not appropriate so we have to you know make decisions that are going to impact our lives. All decisions won't be good decisions, but the better decisions for our lives should definitely outweigh anything else we can do. That's good. That's good. Because at the end of the day, even not making a decision is a decision. It is. So you can choose to not make a decision, but you're essentially choosing not to show up, you're choosing not to be in the room or you're choosing not to be in the space. You're choosing not to be, you know, all that God has called you to be. So at the end of the day, you got to make a decision. Either way it goes, a decision is going to be made. There's no such thing as, oh, I'm not going to make a decision because that's a decision in and of itself. Uh, and so that that leads me to uh, my last point because sometimes our indecision comes from uh, because other people say that we may not belong in these rooms. So since somebody else said it, I'm just going to sit here. No, sis, sometimes you're going to have to defend your position. Ooh. That's good. And I don't necessarily mean defend with your fist, but sometimes, you know, if you're unsaved or you kind of saved, you might have to defend with your fist. But, you know, we try to get out of that. We try not to fight people no more. Uh, but sometimes you're going to have to defend your position. So um, if you heard me in the beginning tell you all the things that I do, one of the things that I do is I uh, mentor and I coach women with infertility. Well, sometimes that looks like me going in spaces where I'm the only person that looks like me. Sometimes that means I go to infertility and lost conferences where I'm the only black person in the building out of 50 50 to 100 people so sometimes i have to defend my decision as a black woman 
dealing with infertility and also helping other people deal with the infertility too. So sometimes defending, sometimes all you have to do is show up to defend your position. I think we don't quite understand that as a whole. Like sometimes you don't even have to say anything. All you gotta do is show up. But we get intimidated when we're in these spaces that are uncomfortable. And so we don't defend our position and we don't show up. But no, it's time to show up, y'all. Like, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this, sis. All I got to say to that is if God told you to do it, then I need you to do it. Uh, because your obedience is going to get you places that nothing else can. I don't care how many degrees you got. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care how anointed you pray. If you're disobedient, you're out of order. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But yeah, sometimes you're going to have to defend your position. Sometimes you're going to have to, you know, go in these places with your head held high. Uh, You're going to have to go in these places as the boss lady. You're going to have to go in these places as the prophet. You're going to have to go in these spaces. And it's okay. It's okay if, you know, they don't really understand what you're bringing to the table initially. It's okay if they don't like you being there. It's not about what other people like. Let me just say this. It don't matter what they like or don't like. As long as your daddy tells you that that's where you're supposed to be, sis, go. 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 And you know what it made me think of uh, when you said that we're going to have to defend our uh, position? Um, I had to look it up. It is in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. You know, you can Mm -hmm. go for that. But it's when David inquired of the Lord and the scripture says, um, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. Another version um, in the New Living Transverse, um, Translation says, you shall surely recover everything that was taken from you. And as Christian Black women, as Christian Black women, we can understand that there are some things that were taken away from us, mm-hmm. right? There were some things that may have been taken away from us simply because we were Black women, right? We were on the bottom of the totem pole for some people, but we are the apple of God's eye. We were never on the bottom for him. And so there are some positions in our lives and in our families and our businesses and our careers that we just kind of took a backseat to, Mm-hmm. Right. We we didn't defend our position because we just kind of took it as face value. I don't belong here. Right. And so what we have to begin to do, like Jerry said, is to defend our position when anything opposes who we are in the name of Jesus Christ. We can cast those words down like we we have the power to do so. You know what I mean? Like, it's great when we walk into spaces and we make history, but don't make history from the perspective and the mindset that you're the only one there. You make history from the perspective that I belong here and I'm kicking this door off the hinges so that my sisters can come too. Uh Right. When we begin to defend our position, it makes way for others to be able to stand in that position. And so I love that. I love that you said we have to defend our position. Absolutely love that. Because think about it. How many times have we not shown up in a space 
simply because somebody, whether it was an actual person, whether it was our inner voice, or whether it was the enemy himself has told us that we can. How many times have we not gone? How many times have we not said? How many times have we not done simply because we were told that we could? Often. Very often. Often. And so... And so that's why we have to defend our position. And to even go deeper than that, I know, uh, Takesha, on your prayer room sometime last week, I don't know if it was Friday or Thursday, you said something, and I've literally been studying it ever since. You said, contend for the promise. Now, I know in Jude, the book of Jude, it tells us to contend for the faith. But when you said contend for the promise, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Okay. And so it's the same concept. You're going to have to contend to be, sometimes to be in these spaces. And it's okay. It's okay to have to contend for it. Because look at it this way. If we were encouraged to contend for the faith in general, what makes us think that the devil is just going to give us everything else? Yeah. Yeah. What makes us think that the enemy is not going to come against us when we're talking about the promise, when we're talking about showing up as the people that God has called us to be? We got to contend for it all. We do. We have. We absolutely do. And so, you know, I, I just want you to know you belong here. <laughs> You belong here and you belong every, you deserve everything that God has for you. God Mm -hmm. has so many blessings for us, like unimaginable blessings that God wants to pour out on us. And oftentimes we don't receive them, me included, right? I'm not standing here as a person who has received every benefit that the Lord has given me. Why? Because I didn't contend for the faith. I didn't contend for the promise. I didn't defend my position. I often got pushed out of my position because I didn't understand whose I was. But when we begin to just agree with God, right? When we can just begin to agree with who God says that we are, sometimes it's going to require us agreeing with our mouths so that it can hit our heart. Right. Right. It's going to cause us to because think about it. Think about it this way. If you make a mistake one time. Right. Tashina, you belong here. If you make a mistake one time. And somebody who is not an advocate of yours, somebody who is actually an adversary of yours, even if they say you're, they're your friend or your family member, they never let you live that thing down, right? Have you? Has anybody ever experienced that before? That Ooh, you make yes. one mistake in an area and they're like, oh, you, you, and they, they use a statement like, you always do that, right? You always do that exasperating the area like of of a, a of something that was really like an insecurity of yours in that moment like dag i burnt the toast ooh right and it's like you always do that and even though you don't always do that you believe that you always do we just kind of adopt this mindset i always do that uh-huh. and so when it comes time to make the toast again you're going to defer it to somebody else You won't contend for it and say, you know what? I burnt it that one time or maybe that third time, but I'm going to get it right this time. I'm going to set my toaster a little lower. I'm going to make sure that I watch it, pop it up a little early if I need to or whatever the case may be. And so 
when it comes to God, instead of taking on the negative mindset, we are going to have to begin to say what God says. No longer saying that you always do something negative, but I'm always loved by God. I am always chosen by God. I am always considered by God. I am always thought of in the most highest regard when it comes to God. And when we begin to saturate our minds, right? The Bible tells us, I think it was it Philippians um, 4 and 16. Don't let me jack it up, y'all. Don't let me do that. Don't let me do that. Let me look it up. Don't, 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 don't let me do that. Let me do it. Let me, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Don't right? jack because- up the Listen, I'm not going to jack up the scripture because here's another thing that we have to understand, Christian black girl, is that we are all in the same place. And I never want to lead somebody down, you know, a wrong path and they get to Philippians 4, 16 and be like, 16 don't exist. Right. Type of thing. So (laughs) it's Philippians 4 and 8. And then the King James Version, it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so now we would ha- we're going to have to take the mind of Christ and begin to think on these things, even if you don't feel it about yourself, even if you don't believe it about yourself. If you have given your life to Christ, that means you believe his word. And if you believe his word, all you got to do is speak his word. And when you begin to speak the word, you say, Lord, let this word come alive in my heart. Mm -hmm. Help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Help me, God, that when I say these words out of my mouth, that they aren't just words. Because your word says that your word is going to perform exactly what you sent it to do. That it's not going to fall to the ground and die. That it's going Mm -hmm. to produce. And so, God, I need you to produce this scripture in my mind so that when I think about myself and when I say that I belong here, I know that I belong here. When I begin to contend for the promise and when I have to defend my position, I can do it because I know that you're with me and I believe what you say about me, right? Right. But that's a matter of us saying it over and over and over and over again until it drowns out the negative, until it drowns it out. That's good. That's good. And I think that we have to understand that when we don't show up in the spaces that God has told us to show up to, we're essentially telling God that, nah, I don't really believe that. I don't really believe what you said. And I don't know about nobody else. I really don't want to be telling God that I don't believe him. Uh, I, that's just not something that I, I want to do. And don't get me wrong. I understand more than y'all could ever know. I understand that it's extremely difficult. Uh, like I said before, I've had, you know, basically an identity crisis most of my life. I've like in the past few years, I've just really sought God and figured out who I was in him. So I get it. I understand that, you know, defending your position, owning your authority and knowing who and who you are is difficult. It's a difficult yes. thing to do. Um, so this is, I think this is a good point to open up the floor. If anybody has anything to say, if you have any questions, if you want to, um, just come on and, and just say something, let us know. We want to bring you to the stage. We definitely want to hear from y'all to Sheena. Hello, love. Hey, 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 ladies. Hello. 
Listen, <laughs> I was sitting at work. I was trying to type text and answer these members' questions, but I was like, "Oh no, I got to, I got to stay in here, right?" <laughs> because <laughs> let me tell you why. I, I messed up on my little text message. I was like, "Girl, I can't even go back and edit. It's gonna be okay." But um, the thing of the matter, what I found out and being able to relate to what both of you are saying is that. The biggest thing that I had to overcome and knowing that I belong, I had to overcome my family. Ooh, that's good. And let me tell you why. Because they told me I couldn't. I was too big. Um, nobody would want me. Um, 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 they looked at me as, as I'm not even going to equate myself as the black sheep. I, I, don't, I don't even think so. But the most important thing, it was I had a drug addicted mom. I had a drug addicted dad. I didn't know my identity. I was looking for everybody to tell me who I was. And they would leave me sitting there. But I would always be wandering around for years asking somebody to help me because the wounds that I had sustained in life from rape, from molestation, all of those things, it leave you very confused. And all you're looking is for answers, right? Yep. And so the thing that I had to come to an understanding was that how can you expect somebody to give you something that they don't know? That's it. That's that's good. And so I had to begin to change the way I thought and the way I see myself. But that was only through relationship with Christ. Right. And the most important thing that I had to understand is I had to get away from the dysfunction. Because yes. you cannot strengthen yourself staying in the midst of it and, and trying to renew your mind daily. So I had to move away and remove myself from the atmosphere so I could be strengthened, like you said, and become disciplined and only speak the things that is spoken through the word over my life that I see mm -hmm. myself from a different perspective. That's good. Amen. Amen. Good. That is so good because when we think about those those vital relationships, right? The ones that are supposed to nurture us, um, you know, from birth, the, the ones that are supposed to build us up and give us the tools that we need to succeed in this world, right? Um, sometimes we don't get that, but sometimes we have to be okay with parting from such relationships. If they aren't, you know, feeding you and fueling you to be better, it's okay to disconnect it is okay to disconnect. And I think it was, I don't know if it was, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if it was Jay-Z or another rapper. I'm not promoting Jay-Z or another rapper. I'm just saying that they had made such a great statement about separation. And they were talking about how so many um, rappers and entertainers get put on and they begin to make more money than they've ever seen or anybody in their family bloodline history has ever seen, but they remain in the hood because they feel like they can't turn their backs. And they said that, but basically these are the same people who are killing you and robbing you and making sure that you don't get any further. And so what we have to do when we understand we where we belong, when we begin to have our identity secured in Christ, anybody who's a threat to that has to go. For sure. Right. That that is not the kind of loyalty that we need in our lives. Anything that is a threat, we have to remove ourselves from it or we will go right back to where we were. That's good. That's good. Um, That's I love that. Tashina, did you have something else? No, I was agreeing with Takesha because 
if you keep going back to the same old thing, you're going to get the same results. That's it. It's the, that's, it's the, it's the courage to take the time to step out of the box. Oh, that's good. It's the courage to say, okay, everybody's living in the box, right? And you got scissors and a knife and everybody keep walking around that same box. After a while, you're gonna you wanna know what does this what why is this knife here and why are these scissors here? Let me see what these scissors and knife gonna do. And you're gonna see everybody probably stay in the box, but you done found an opening and you starting to see something else. You like, wait a minute. I never I was never told about this. Let me come out here for a minute. I was that person. Even when somebody said, Don't go over that way, sometimes I would try it just to see because what you're telling me, it may not be my experience. Right. And so a lot of times I'm starting to understand that, for example, my mom's perspective on life is going to be different than mine because the way that she grew up, she was more so sheltered. Right. I was raised up and I had to survive. And in my survival mode, I had to learn how to sink or swim. Are you going that flight or flight kick me in? Was it a good life? It wasn't. But the most important thing is I learned very valuable lessons that taught me and where I am at today to teach me how to love others, how to see others, never make judgment of them. You never know someone's story. So if you're not coming to help them and be a solution, don't add yourself in to be another problem. That makes sense. Amen. <laughs> yes. Yes. That makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tashina. Hey, Tiffany, thank you for joining the stage. What would you like to add to the room? I had to run back to the phone. I'm, I'm catching boxes. <laughs> um, I wanted to share, like, um, just like this morning um, when we were in the prayer room talking about our crossover into our new. Um, beginning in new land and promised land, just knowing that you belong in that new area. And it just made me think about that when um, you guys were talking about, you know, defending your, um, when Jerry's talking about defending your position and the points that you were given and just the whole title of the group, like you belong here, like through all the opposition that, you know, me and my husband have been dealing with, with the move, it started to feel like we don't belong here. And it started to just make us feel like, you know, did we did we make this move? But we had to keep reminding each other, like, what did God say? This is God's move. So that brought us back to, yeah, we do belong here. But I can see how some, you know, sometimes when oppositions come in our lives, and even though we know in our heart that we're supposed to take that step, like we know in our heart that, you know, I could just imagine like the children of Israel we're crossing over the Jordan, but then at the same time, you're ha you're taking over into you're crossing over into a land that you have to live with your enemy. And God didn't move their enemies just right away. He moved one tribe at a time. So you still had to deal with opposition. You still had to deal with people that are like thorns in your side. You still had to deal with problems and situations, but you also still had to learn how to occupy and learn how to live in your new land, in your new season, in your promised land. So just 
talking about that just gave me, you know, just encouraged me and just kind of kind of brought me back to like, okay, you're here, you're in Texas. Because I always knew that this move was more than me just moving back home. I don't know all what's in store here, but I know that it's more than me just moving back home. Everybody on the outside is like, oh, she's finally back home after 26 years. But no, it, it's, I know it's more than that. So I know that's why the fight and the opposition is so heavy. But just me really coming out of this situation and it's not really fully over, but just kind of seeing some type of light at the end of the tunnel just helps me to realize like even in my new season, even in my new place, it maybe seems so chaotic around me, but I belong here. And so that means I have to defend my position with the enemy, with my flesh, you know, with my uh, what fight or flight mindset to know that I belong here and not try to, you know what I'm saying, hinder myself or be stagnant or woe is me in this new place because you know, we have things going on around us, but to know that this is God's move. So if it's God's move, then everything will work out and that I belong here. So that's what I just wanted to share. And you belong here. And that's it. That's the tweet. That's the fact. You belong here, Jerry. I belong here. Tashina belongs here. Tiffany belongs here. Terry, you belong here. Latasha, you belong here. Cheryl, you belong here. Uh, Latita, you belong here. Melissa, you belong here. Brittany, you belong here. We belong here. And here is wherever God has told us to place our feet in the land. If you are in my prayer room, in the mornings, you will often hear me call you now nation builders because that is what God is calling us to do. And as a nation builder, as a black woman, a Christian black woman, you belong here. And no longer will we allow ourselves to be pushed over because times got hard. No longer will we allow ourselves to be pushed out the way because nobody that looks like us has ever stood in that position before. What we can take from this conversation, and even though it's a starter conversation, right, Jerry, because we don't want you to come here and not do anything with it. We want you to take this conversation and think about your life. Think about um, if there are any areas in your life where you back down, any areas in your life where you didn't contend for the promise, any areas in your life where you didn't defend your position because you just gave up right? Like Tashina said, because of who my parents were, they said that I would be the same thing. Like Tiffany said, with the obstacles that she endured with her move, do I just accept this? And the answer is no, right? We're going we're gonna to be like David and we're going to inquire of the Lord, right? We're going to inquire of the Lord and say, Lord, should I, should I go get that? Is that mine? And when the Lord says, yes, go after it, because you're going to recover everything that was taken from you. Believe God. Believe God and stand in that place. So many of us have take, had things taken from us because we didn't believe that we belonged here. And so our prayer tonight is that the Lord will begin to revitalize your mind, that he would begin to breathe his breath on your mind, that those useless points of reference in your mind that keeps telling you, you don't belong, you don't fit in, this ain't for you, you'll never see it, you'll never succeed, that those words that are swirling around in your head will fall dead to the ground, mm -hmm. that even in situations where you feel confused or you're afraid to make a decision because you're afraid to make a mistake, that those those thoughts 
fall dead to the ground and that you would begin to be built up in your holy confidence and say, God, what do you say? Should I go get that? Does that belong to me? And if the Lord says, yes, Lord, develop me to occupy the land. Yep. Right? Develop me to occupy that land. Cause me to be a disciple so that I'm a good steward when I get there. Mm -hmm. Discipline me so that I don't bring that old mindset into this new land. Like Tiffany was talking about the children of Israel. And then help me, God, to make sound decisions. You told me not to lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge you and you'll direct my paths. Help me here. And if you look in the Psalms, I believe it was either 118 or 119, David keeps saying over and over again, asking God to teach him. Teach him. Teach him. And so now that you know that you belong here, here may be a very new place for you. Confidence may be a real a new place for you. Boldness may be, may be a new place for you. Occupying the land may be a new place for you. Contending for the faith and the promise may be a new land for you. Defending your position may be a new land for you. But don't run from the land. Say, Lord, teach me. Teach me how to be here. And he's going to do that because, Black girl, you belong here. You belong here. And that's so good, Takesha. And it just reminds me um, that we can go wherever God sends us. And one of the uh, one of the prayers that the Holy Spirit prompted me to pray last year was, Lord, I'm coming for, for everything that was stolen from me, but I'm also coming for everything that I gave up in my ignorance. And so so we mm. have to take that stuff back because can I just be honest? The devil didn't steal, steal everything from you. Some of the stuff, he just gave it up. Yeah. Let's just yeah. be real. The devil did not steal everything from you. He did not take everything from you. Some of the stuff, some of the promises of God that you are not, you have not seen manifest in your life is because you gave it up. You gave up in the middle. You didn't like the process. And you said you gave it up. And you felt like it was the devil, but really it was just your own decisions. So there's that. That's it. And so we have to make a decision. That goes that word again, decision. We have to make a decision that we're going to do everything that God has called us to do. We're going to go wherever he's called us to go. We're going to say whatever he's uh, called us to say. We're going to meet whoever he's called us to meet. No matter if we're the only black girl in the room, that's fine. Go Christian black girl. Go. That's all I got for you is go on tonight. Uh, whatever God has told you to do, wherever he wants you to go, just go. Amen. And so we thank you all so much. Uh, oh, wait, we have another hand. Let's bring up Leticia. I hope I'm not pronouncing your name incorrectly, but you'll let me know when you get up here. Good yes. evening. Thank you so much for joining the stage. What would Hello. you like to add to the room? Hi, good evening. I think this is so great, this conversation. I was just um, delivering a message yesterday and I was talking about the importance of stepping into your new. And so one of the things is, I think, Jerry, you just um, even hinted to it is that when we make these decisions, then we also have to have dis discipline and decide 
to accept, you know, what are going to be the new relationships? You know, what mm-hmm. is the discipline that we need to take to stay into our new? Because old habits, not only are they hard for you to break, but when you get stressed, if you don't have a plan and aren't disciplined with what you're functioning in as your new, it's easy to revert back to what you were. And trust me, everybody's sitting there waiting for the old Latasha, Jerry, and all of the people in this room to just fall back to what they are accustomed to because they don't recognize the new because it hasn't been around enough. And we haven't retaught people how to train us in this new season and in this new position. And I just want to share one testimony that I love about the God that we serve. And when he gives us this new promise, this new direction, he will always back that up with a scripture. When he gives you that scripture to hold on to and you ask him to show the tangible way in which that's supposed to play out, what I love about him is even though the scripture says he'll be a lamp to your foot and a leg to your path, you need to just keep moving because he will reroute you in your obedience to take that step of faith, to move in the direction that he has chosen for you. And that can be very scary, especially when you think about some of those places I'm saying they're dark because we can't see beyond that. We can't see beyond that first step because sometimes that greatness that he's calling you to, if you saw it in a tangible way, you would be afraid and you would run. And he loves us enough to say, just trust me for one step. And so I want to encourage all of you because one of the things that God has currently done for me is that he gave me a plan for this new. And honestly, as soon as I stop hustling and chasing, that's when the phones ring. Um, I'm a business coach, so I stick in the space of business development. That's when the five-figure, the five-figure contracts come that I'm not hustling and trying to chase the bag to get. Why? Because he says that if you trust him, his ways are easy. His yoke is easy. It's not that you don't have to do the work, but God don't want us out here hustling like the world. That ain't a good look for our walk. He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more by our obedience and then his overflow when we say yes. And so I just want to encourage y'all because uh, when I accepted that and I walked into that, I can't even tell you the opportunities that are now just pouring, I mean, banging at my door. And it's not hard to present those contracts with confidence. Today, I was meeting with a client. I did something with him last year. And I said, yesterday's prices aren't today's prices because now I know my value. And he said, well, does that mean you're out of budget? And I said, well, then I guess we're not going to be working together. You get back to me and let me know if you can make your opportunity worth my budget because that's my value. And that's what it takes for me to say yes to that. So I want to encourage those who walk in the space of understanding God's word. We can't be, uh, we can't be uh, connived or manipulated to somebody else's comfort. We need to walk into the authority of where God wants us with his promise today. My name is Latasha and I'm complete. Well, okay then. I mean, Latasha, if you're going to say mean... it, you're going to say it. <laughs> Tashina, did, were we not having this conversation today? Jesus, do something else. You're going to bring Latasha up on the stage, Lord, to tell me all this. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to be obedient. Come on. For sure. My Lord. And I was here all day for me. Oh, we know you are. Latasha, we need to connect so that we can have you as a guest on Dear Christian Black Girl because... Um, our conversations here are going to encompass everything from faith to finances to womanhood to business. 
all those conversations that um, we may not necessarily have in open spaces like this to get training, to get equipped, to have real conversations, right? Like you said, last year, you may not have commanded that five figures, but today you were okay, right? Many of us would have chased that client. Oh, no, 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 no. What's your budget? Oh, it's 50, not 5,000. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay. No. But because you have grown and God, you were able to say, well, you get back to me. <laughs> Here's my fee. <laughs> you get back to me, right? Right. And that's so powerful. And that's to the point where Jerry said, defend your position. You ain't got to back down for nobody. If God doesn't say it ain't free, it ain't free. <laughs> if God don't say reduce the price, don't reduce the price, you know? But those Listen. are the conversations we want to have here in Dear Christian Black Girl. And tonight, we just wanted you to know that you belong here. You belong here with your beautiful, bold self. You belong here, no matter what anybody has had to say about your personality. You're too black. You're not black enough. You're too much of this and too little of that. You're you're not enough of this and not enough of that. The devil is a liar. You belong here. You belong here. And I am almost positive that every single one of you in this room probably has something that somebody else in this room needs. Not sure. only do you have something that somebody in this room needs, but you have something that this world needs. How do I know that for sure? Because in, in the old saying, God don't make no junk. You ever heard somebody say that before? God don't make no junk. And you ain't junk, sis. You are a royal priesthood. You are, you are the apple of God's eye. He thinks so highly of you. When he created you, he said it was very good. When he thought about you as he was putting you together in your mother's womb, he purposed you. He planned you. He said, listen, I got things for her to do. I got things for her to do in my name. There are people that are going to come to me simply because she's on the scene. There are going to be people who denied me so many times, but when she shows up, they're going to know that I'm real. There are there are bloodline things that you need that you were assigned to break. That when you hit the scene, they couldn't come any further. But we have to accept who we are in Christ. Because anything can run over us when we don't know who we are. I remember, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let Jerry close this out because I know that the room was until was till 8:30, so I don't want to hold your time. But I remember being in prayer one time and God was so clear. And he said, the reason why I wasn't being blessed is because I kept answering to the wrong name. Mm. Every time he called me his own and he would speak beautiful things over me, I would run and hide. But as soon as the enemy came and said, you're not good enough and you here you go, like we just talked about, you always do that. You are always messing up. I would respond with a, you're right. But when God would call me his own, I would say impossible. And so when God was looking to bless me, I was nowhere to be found because I was responding to the wrong name. And so tonight, I pray that you respond to the right name, whether you want to believe it or not. I just ask that you receive it and say, be it unto me, God, as you have said. Be it unto me, as you have said, begin to change and shift my mind until it till it aligns with what you're saying, until I don't buck at it and I don't I don't, you know, shiver away from it or shy away from it. But when you say it, I say, that's me. And anything that's contrary to your word and anything that's contrary to your character, I will know to run far, far away from. 
And so that's my prayer for you all tonight. Jerry, I turn it over to you. Amen. Amen. So we just gonna we just gonna pray out, y'all. Um if if this has been good to you, make sure that you don't just listen for tonight. Make sure that you don't just say, Oh, that was a good room, that's cool, and then go on about your business. Make sure that uh you that the things that were said tonight that were for you, and you know what was for you on tonight. Whatever that was said tonight that was for you, make sure you you hide it in your heart. Make sure that it, it resonates with you. Make sure that you meditate on it so that when things come up, when you're in these spaces, when you're doing these things, you remember, no, I belong here. God says that I, I can be here, so I belong here. So make sure that you take that with you on tonight. Don't just leave it in this room. Take it with you. Like everything we said is for y'all. It's for you to take. Go wrong with it. Um, and so to that point, Father God, we come to you first and foremost. God, we just say thank you on tonight, Lord God. We thank you for the vision of Dear Christian Black Girl, Lord God. We thank you that you have called us for such a time as this, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you said go and that we were obedient and that we, that we went in your name on tonight, Lord God. We thank you for every woman that showed up in this room, Lord God. We thank you for every woman that showed up in the comments, Lord God. We thank you that you rested here on tonight, Holy Spirit. God, we just bless your holy name and we say thank you, Lord God. We thank you for uh, for loving us so much that you came and you sat with us on tonight, Lord God. We thank you for loving us so much that you came and you taught us something new about belonging in the spaces that you have called us to, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that even in our... Um, even in our low self-esteem, Lord God, even in our uh, times of being uncomfortable, Lord God, you said that we still belong, Lord God. So God, on tonight, we believe you, God. We just declare right now out of our mouths, God, that we believe you, Lord God. We believe what you say about us tonight, Lord God. We believe, Lord God, that you know all things, God. You and You are an omniscient God. And you know all things. So, God, if you are calling us to these spaces, if you are telling us to go to these things, if you are telling us to speak up, Lord God, you must know what you're doing, God. So, God, we thank you for being the omniscient God that you are. We thank you, Lord, that you have all power and all wisdom, Lord God, and that you you sprinkle your wisdom down to us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that even when we don't understand, you do, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that even when we don't know, you do, Lord God. So God, we will continue to follow your path, Lord God. We will continue to follow your light, Lord God, into the places that you have called us to, Lord God. God, we ask, we repent right now in the name of Jesus for not believing you, Lord God. We repent right now in the name of Jesus for, for telling you that you were essentially a liar when you told us who we were, Lord God. We repent right now in the name of Jesus for being intimidated by other humans, Lord God. We repent right now in the name of Jesus for not doing what it is that you have called us to do. And so God, with that, we say we're ready. We're ready to be the, the women, the wives, the, the, the mothers, the business owners, the ministry leaders that you have called us to be. We are ready to show up as ourselves, as the, the women that you envisioned us to be before we were even born. God, we are ready. 
So God, we just say thank you. We thank you for your grace and mercy on tonight, Lord God, because even in our disobedience, Lord God, even in our half obedience, Lord God, you still loved us, Lord God. You still called us your own, Lord God. You still said that we were chosen by you. So God, we thank you. We love you, Lord God. We we love you so much. We thank you for always being there for us, Lord God. Even when we feel alone, Lord God, we know that you are always there because your word says, Lord God, that you will never leave us or forsake us. And God, for that, we say thank you. So God, we, we just ask that you continue to be with us, Lord God, um, until we meet again next week, Lord God. Continue to show us um, more and more about our purpose, Lord God. Continue to reveal to us who we are in you, Lord God. So God, God, we give your name all praise, honor, and glory. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. Oh, what a great kickoff. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank yes. you all for rocking with us tonight. We invite you uh, to join us for prayer tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern time right here on Clubhouse, where our very own Jerry will be leading prayer. Uh, you can click on my face. Don't press too hard, <laughs> but go ahead and click on my <laughs> face and you will be able to uh, see uh, the Healed Rib. It is a room that I host right here on Clubhouse. It is called the Healed Rib. Or I think you may able be able to also see um, uh, that the prayer is tomorrow. So if you have enjoyed tonight, enjoyed tonight, join us tomorrow morning uh, for prayer at 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. And just let us know in the comments before you leave here. Jerry said it in her prayer, Lord, we are ready. So if you are ready and you know that you belong here, go ahead and type it in the comments for to sure. close this out that we, that I'm ready. Go ahead and type in the comments, I'm ready, Lord. I'm and, ready, And while y'all are typing in the comments, um, I don't know who's all in the room, but if there is any woman in the room that is dealing with infertility, miscarriage, or infant loss, um, I definitely invite you to join my private Facebook group called Womb Prep. Um, that's where it all goes down. This is where we pray, we vent, we cry, but we also lead you back to the Lord because at the end of the day, everything begins and ends with Jesus. So we just go point you back to him. But if you're, if you have that particular struggle, I would love for you to join, um, our private Facebook group. We're actually about to start reading the book war in the rape war in the weight by prophetess Natalie Fleming. So definitely join us. If that is your issue, any more church announcements to keep you? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> yeah I, I told you my mama is a pastor so I feel like my mama on Sunday morning was <laughs> no more church announcements but thank you all for making our kickoff night such an amazing experience to be able to partner with God's daughters we will be here every Monday night at 7:30 p.m eastern time so be sure to click that little greenhouse right at the top of your screen and follow the club so that when we go live, you know we are live. And if there is anyone in the room, if you have an area of expertise uh, that you would like to share with the women here, right here on Clubhouse in Dear Christian Black Girl, we would love to have you on. I was going to say the show. We would love to have you <laughs> in the clubhouse as a guest speaker where you would be able to share your brilliance and your genius uh, with other women to help our lives become transformed, to let us know that we belong here. Um, and so you can uh, email us at, is it Dear Christian Black Girl, Jerry? 
Yes, it's dearchristianblackgirl at gmail.com. Yes, so if you would like to be a special guest, you can email us at dearchristianblackgirl at gmail.com and either myself or Jerry will reach out to you so that we can get you on the calendar uh, for our next conversation. Also, if you're like, I don't want to be a guest, but I have a question um, that maybe, you know, you'd like to pose, you can go ahead and email us your questions, or maybe you have a topic that you want us to discuss here And Dear Christian Black Girl, go ahead and email us. Again, that is Dear Christian Black Girl at gmail.com. So email us your questions if you'd like to be a guest, or even if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, um, and we would be more than happy to do that with you. And so... If nothing further, we thank you all so much for being here. Have yeah. an amazing, amazing rest of your night. And if you're up early with us, join us for prayer at 6.30 a.m. Eastern time over on the Hilled Rib. And again, you can find that by clicking on my profile um, and joining us tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. So be sure to follow us. Be sure to, to follow us so that you know when we are out in these clubhouse streets so um, you can see what we have going on. And be sure to follow the speakers on the stage as well um, because it seems like um, we got some good ones up here. We got some good ones up here. So I love you all. I pray that you have an amazing rest of your night and we'll yes, talk to yes. you soon. Talk soon, ladies. Love you all. And the room is closing in five, four, three, two. One and it's a wrap. Bye. Bye.